I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. o'clock Super Bowl Sunday big game breakdown Sunday championship Sunday snowing here in here at the station it's great to see don't worry about those weather reports in Tampa we had Josh Klingler on earlier sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs radio network on 106.5 the wolf also co-host of Fesco in the morning it's gorgeous in Tampa sun's out fun's out Cool 70 degrees. Must be nice. Still currently 7 here in Kansas City. You all know that. You're here hopefully listening to 610 Sports Radio. You just heard Pete Sweeney on from Arrowhead Pride. Um, we'll have Rob Brenton on later just because he's has uh, he needs a redemption. He's the one guy that picked the Bills on uh, Kansas City Sports Radio. Um and uh, yeah, he needs to he needs to rebuttal himself because that's just embarrassing. He said the Bills beat the Chiefs, Josh Allen. Um, but Super Bowl Sunday, big day here in uh, Kansas City for obvious reasons. It's one of the biggest games, one of the biggest events in the entire nation every year around this time. But it also has your team in it. Um, so remember that the post game show with Jay Binkley um, will be back uh, tonight. After the Chiefs uh, Chiefs Radio Network postgame show, Jay Binkley, I don't think he's going to go to bed. I'm pretty sure I know this for a fact that it's going to be Jay Binkley all the way up until, I believe, 1 a.m., at least somewhere around there. And then Chris Unicero is going to take over and keep you up all night. And then starting at 5 a.m., Monday morning, run it back show, Pete Sweeney, myself, Till 6 a.m. and then the radio starts playing the hits when it comes to Fesco, Cody and Gold, and the drive. Had them all on today. We'll get to Grant and I's predictions a little bit later tonight, or I guess today during the show here in about 45 minutes. Fesco sticking with the normal 38 to 2. Chiefs, Cody Tapp, 34 to 24. Josh Klingler, 35-24. Carrington Harrison, 35-24. Pete Sweeney, 37-27. We'll get Rob's. I got a feeling that he's not going to pick the uh, the other team this week since he's on a redemption tour, but that'd be a hell of a heel move if he did that. Came on, texted me, saying that he's got to get on here and talk about how he was, you know, a little bit, maybe just not in full focus mode, 
um, when it came to the two weeks ago picking AFC championships. But uh, I will say this. Tonight is a game in which you will see a lot of this guy versus this guy, right? Tyree Kill, Mike Evans. Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. There's a lot of a lot of powerful names in this game. Obviously, Mahomes and Brady is the prize fight. That's what this whole entire game has felt like. It feels like a prize fight. Feels like the only way that Tampa thinks they can have a chance to kind of maybe keep it close or stick around is to throw, you know, pre-round jabs. We heard that with Shaq Barrett this week. You don't need to hear the audio because you've heard it over and over again not knowing who a certain Chiefs player is. You heard Scotty Miller kind of lead off and start the baton holding with, I think I'm the fastest receiver in the league, knowing for a fact that the fastest receiver in the league is in the game and the team that you're playing against. You look at Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey's career, Boston, Kansas City. Both sports uh, areas very passionate about their team, even more passionate about the players that represent that team. Travis Kelsey, probably one of the biggest icons in Kansas City Chiefs football history. Rob Gronkowski, the same can be said about New England Patriots football history. The argument of the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL, those two names will probably come up for the next few years, for a while. Who did it better? Gronk's won two titles. Kelsey's looking for his second title. Kelsey had five straight years of 1,000 yards uh, receiving. Gronk's never done that. Kelsey set the record for most receptions for a tight end in a season. Gronk didn't do that. But Kelsey and Gronk, that's one of those battles uh, tonight where the control's kind of out of their hands to kind of go one-on-one because they can't throw the ball to themselves every single time. But when it comes to what is the biggest focus in tonight's game is the fact that it is Brady versus Mahomes. Mahomes has been in the league three years. He's in his second Super Bowl. Tom Brady been in the league 20 years. He's playing in his 10th. So to give you somewhat of what it takes to get to Brady's numbers and to Brady's legacy, you basically have to go to the Super Bowl every, every other year. 10 years on, 10 years out, 20-year career. Not only when you get there, you have to win 60% of the time. Or as in Tom Brady's case, a little bit more than 60% of the time. This being his 10th, he's won six, and he's appeared in nine thus far. Hell of a legacy. And you all remember how it started. Drew Bledsoe gets absolutely blistered running out of bounds or heading towards the out-of-bounds side. Tom Brady comes in. Patriots start winning. The rest is history. Patrick Mahomes, a little bit different of a start to his legacy. Patrick Mahomes is the backup to Alex Smith for one full year. It's a teaching year. It's a, hey, sit back, kid. Learn this, and then you'll be even better than you thought you could be. And that's exactly what happened. A little bit different to Aaron Rodgers' legacy. Rodgers did get a Super Bowl in his you know, early years as a starter, but didn't start for a while. It wasn't you know, necessarily a high draft pick. In fact, Alex Smith went number one overall that year in that draft. But Mahomes 
is starting to get to that serious path. Three straight AFC Championship games as a starter, two Super Bowl appearances, a season MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. Tom Brady, multiple MVPs, six-time Super Bowl winner, 10 total Super Bowls now, two different teams, two different Super Bowl appearances with two different teams. Only one quarterback has started in the quarterback the age of 40 years old. Brady, Brady, Brady. And now it's time, or at least it seems to be that time, where, like, the end is coming to a subtle hint, to a stop. It's been fun, good ride, now it's over. And then you think about where Patrick Mahomes' career started, and the engine is really starting to burn. It's starting to really take place. And what's even different about this is that tonight's game has one of those where you look back in 20 years and you think about, okay, we have to narrow this list of legacy to 10 bullet points. This is one of those bullet points that, if accomplished, will be very high in that list of things. The 55,000 first years of starter is going to be on there because he won the MVP. If he were to win three Super Bowls in his first four years as a starter, that would be on there as a dynasty. But what would never get forgotten is that he would have beaten Tom Brady, coined as the GOAT, the greatest champion of the NFL's history, and you would have beat him in a rare form. You'd have beat him in the Super Bowl, and you'd have beat him in Tampa Bay where he was the quarterback of, and the first time that the Super Bowl had ever been in the place of the team that was hosting it. Ever. That adds to that build, that ball of wax that continues to get larger that is Patrick Mahomes' legacy. That's where that goes. The other thing, too, that I find that's an interesting nugget is that he would, if he can beat Tom Brady tonight, Patrick Mahomes, would then beat that greatest person. Not like they played each other in a regular season game a few times. That was significant. They played each other in the playoffs a couple times, but nobody really won anything against each other. Brady did win an AFC championship game in Arrowhead where Mahomes never touched the ball. Sometimes losses can be starting of a legacy. Now, three years later, we're in the Super Bowl. And the last two quarterbacks to have won the Super Bowl are the two that are represented tonight, Mahomes and Brady. Brady has made this career to the age of 43, a little bit of an outlier, but it's made what's happening tonight's situation a possibility. Unlike Woods versus Jack in a major, Kobe versus LeBron in a championship, Jordan versus Kobe, Jordan versus LeBron never happened at a championship level. This is happening tonight with Mahomes versus Brady. And if Mahomes knocks this off, that's then two Super Bowls. Three attempts, or that'd be two Super Bowls, two attempts, three years as a starter, probably would win Super Bowl MVP, two Super Bowl MVPs, a league MVP, and numbers to back everything in its greatness, which then would support the fact that Patrick Mahomes, within three years of his career, solidified himself as a Hall of Famer. And for the next 10 to 12 years, 
you're going to get to sit back and watch greatness. That's just a fact. Because then he would then be playing for more and more and more and done something that so few have already achieved. Breeze and Rodgers, Hall of Famers, never did it. They each got one. He wins tonight. He's 7-1 and one in the playoffs. His only loss, Tom Brady, AFC Championship game at Arrowhead where he never touched the ball in overtime. Adds to the tonight's game. One loss. Played in three championship games all at home. Mahomes can knock off Brady. Then you're looking at something. A little bit more serious than we already are looking at it. 10 to 12 years can be pretty fun for Kansas City fans. Coming up, it wasn't fun last week for this guy, but I'm going to let him join my show. Never been on the show before. I'm going to coin him. His name is Redemption Rod. Rob Brenton joins us next. Back in on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson here today with you on a snowy, chilly day in Kansas City. It's always fun to watch the Super Bowl because it's always in a dome or warm weather, unless it's that one time where they decided to play it in New York. Could you imagine if they played the team, or they played the Super Bowl at the team's place, who had the better record? Like today, a Super Bowl in Kansas City would be horrible. It'd either be like really cool or pretty miserable, but I'm leaning towards miserable. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of interesting because with these two quarterbacks, it'd be interesting. If they played in Kansas City today, who you would be more comfortable with in these conditions? Like Mahomes, who claims he can spin it in anything, and then there's Tom Brady, who just played his entire career in terrible conditions, whose career basically took off in terrible conditions. And then today in Kansas City, the high being like 12 um, and uh, being snowy. But today, this segment in general is me doing a favor for a guy that I that I like, that I haven't got to know too well, um, like when it comes to like personally hanging out with. Like I'm not at voice text with him like I am with Pete Sweeney, but we text. We're cool with each other. It's been a short relationship, but I want to give him a chance to kind of let people forgive him. Because I did a show two weeks ago on Sunday where I called every single host. I'm doing that similar today. And every single one of them picked the Chiefs. The producer of The Drive, Mr. Rob, was the only guy, I didn't have him on, but he's the only one who picked Buffalo. He joins us now, Rob Breton, on with 610 Sports Radio, are you picking the Chiefs to win this game? Or are you picking Tampa Bay? Because if you pick Tampa Bay, I think I would respect you even more. I am actually picking the Chiefs. I, uh, I'm actually picking the Chiefs by multiple scores today. Also, Dusty, thank you for having me on. Uh, personal favor to let me apologize to the city for last time. Yeah. I did notice last time, I saw a tweet last Sunday when you were on the air that was like, here's everyone that came on the show's prediction. And I noticed I was, uh, I was not listed. Is it because I picked the Bills? Which I was wrong. I fully admit I was wrong. And now even the Chiefs are going to boat race the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are very good, but did you did you ignore me because of my Bills take? There's a little bit to that because I knew that I didn't want to deal with you know what kind of a storm 
on a day where everybody was feeling good. I didn't need I didn't need RB to come in here and drop a Bills bomb. And then I didn't I just look out for you because you know how how just taxing the text line can be. You'd have never heard the end of it if you did it twice. That is extreme. I don't hear the end of it now, and I only did it once. Now people are mad I'm picking the Chiefs. They don't want me on board anymore, but I am going to pick the Chiefs today. What's your score prediction for today's game? I think today's game is going to be like, I said two scores. I think the Bucks are going to be chasing a score all day. I'm thinking like 34-21, 31-20, something like that. I think the Chiefs jump out early by two scores, 10 nothing, 14 nothing. Bucks have been chasing that one score all day. So, end of the game, the Bucks have it down to, quote, one score, but the Chiefs have the ball, four-minute offense. They ice this thing down. A lot like week 12, where we look back and go, wow, that was close in the fourth quarter. But people who actually watch the game will be like, nah, it wasn't actually close in the fourth quarter. If the Chiefs blow the Bucks out, like a lot of people are kind of predicting, I don't know if it's a blowout, but there seems to be that everyone is on the same kind of boat that the Chiefs are going to win somewhere around 10 points. That seems to be like the median like that's going on with the score. If that's the case, what are they talking about Monday if the Chiefs win 38 to 20? If the Chiefs win, oh, first off, I think the Chiefs win it all. The conversation Monday is that the Chiefs have elevated themselves to a special ring of NFL history. There's only, I believe, four or five teams in NFL history that have gone back-to-back. It's a pretty rarefied air. The Chiefs automatically enter that with a win. If they do with a blowout of Tom Brady, and I know the Bucks are not are different than the Patriots and Tom Brady, and et cetera, et cetera, but if they do with a blowout of Tom Brady, the conversation Monday has become, are the Chiefs the new Patriots, and can Patrick Mahomes catch Tom Brady for GOAT status? And then the national heads, your Skip Baylesses, et cetera, et cetera, when they do their Bucks segment, because that's how those things work, they will talk about how Tom Brady, is Tom Brady washed? Is it over? Is he done? And the conversation will be, can Mahomes get to six or more? That's the conversation Monday with a win, and it's even louder with a blowout. What is the next? Is this something that I was kind of like wondering because I feel like you and I can get on the same path for many things here. But I think that is the next big matchup in sports where it's like Mahomes-Brady um, when it comes to like superstar status is like the next big one, like LeBron versus his son. Because I don't see anything else out there that has like the implications of what Tom Brady's career has been and what Patrick Mahomes' career could be. Now, I know that, like, I can't count for, like, Bronny James to have, like, a title or two under his belt Then he plays his dad at the age of, like, 45 and he's in, the, he's in the NBA Finals. I don't know if that would happen. That would just make my sports world this perfect. But is there a matchup out there that has this much significance to it in anywhere, shape, or form in the future at all? I mean, that's a, that's a good one. That one would be different, though, because it would be father-son, which would be just so yeah. different than this. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's pretty rare in sports that we consider a current player the goat. Like, we did it with Jordan, but he had already retired one, so it's different. We did it. We're doing. We did it with Brady, but it took him a magical comeback over the Atlanta Falcons to for us to be like, yeah, it's done. He's the goat. So it's pretty rare for us to say a current player is the goat. So to start, it becomes difficult. I think it would have to be someone in football rising up and being at Mahomes' level when Mahomes is Brady's age and the inverse happens because you know how it is. So many people just automatically discount LeBron as the GOAT for 
whatever reason, because people are foolish and definitely here or there. So I think even if LeBron faced the new face of the NBA, it wouldn't be looked at as GOAT versus new GOAT because people just don't consider LeBron that character. I think it would have to be someone who's in high school. Maybe it's, was it, what Manning is right now a high school recruit? I don't know whose kid it is. One of the Mannings is a high school recruit. If he eventually comes through to the NFL, it'll be him versus Mahomes. I think that might be the next one. It just seems that that makes this matchup just so much more special. Rob, uh, it's absolutely just terrifying outside right now. I didn't think it was going to snow this much. Honestly, I'm dead serious when I say this. Um, what are you doing for the game? Is it just kind of a low-key game? Is it just uh, you know, a few dudes over, like going somewhere? Like, What are you doing for the game, and then what are you making for the game? So I'm not going to lie to you. The snow has definitely had me consider changing plans. The plan as of now, and we'll see how much snow actually falls when this comes to fruition, is for me and a few, like my close friends, who we watched the game with last year, we're going to go to his place, watch the game, have a few drinks. I am bringing drinks because I don't want to cook anything, and then he lives downtown. That's a, that's a haul for me to take hot food downtown. So I'm bringing drinks because I'm that kind of guy. It's going to be low-key. It's going to be like maybe six or seven of us in his, you know, in his loft apartment, just kind of hanging out watching the game. I mean, we don't want to go out. Even if there wasn't a pandemic, this weather doesn't scream, get out of the house. So very low-key, very relaxed, same core group as last year because superstition reigns supreme. But that's kind of the plan. What do you got? Hey, you get out, after you get out of the station, what do you got? Just going over to the ladies' brother's house, watching the game, and uh, keeping it low-key. A couple, couple of us, about seven to eight people. Little uh, football snacks everywhere. Those little, like, hot ham and cheese uh, sandwiches. Some brownies, some cookies, some chips. You know, just keeping it low-key and just uh, hoping for some good news. Do you agree with me, though? Like, let's, I'm aware of the pandemic because it makes it low-key. But let's say it wasn't a pandemic. I'm not going anywhere in this weather. No, yeah, exactly. Not, in fact, I can tell you exactly word for word or step for step what I'm doing. After this, I do have to go help out at the other job for a carryout shift where I will be outside for at least two hours. Mm. So, yeah, up, my man. that's what I got. I got a whole duffel bag full of clothes. Rob, one more time, what's your prediction for Chiefs versus Tampa Bay? I'm going to go official call, 34-21 Chiefs. 34-21 Chiefs. He's on his redemption tour. It's Rob Brenton from The Drive. Tomorrow you got Mahomes at 215, right? That's the plan as I know it. All right. Rob Brenton, producer of The Drive, 2-6. to six. Thanks for joining the show, my man. No problem, pal. There you go. Another Chiefs, uh, another Chiefs pick, another Chiefs win, another one with the Chiefs in the 30s and Tampa in the 20s. Coming up a little bit later, Grant will give his prediction. I'll give mine. But also, this year seemed a little bit different when it came to the way the Chiefs were playing or the, maybe the way they'll be remembered in this type of playoff system. Back in 610 Sports Radio, about 28 minutes left, Grant, and then we're out of here. And it's, and it's our time to sit back and watch some tube, get ready to drill some, some cold ones, and uh, and just absolutely be just locked in to football for the rest of the day. Is this your last football game until what, like August? Oof. Way to be negative, Dusty. A lot of talk about how this team has the uh, offensive line versus the defensive line. Come on. 
Dustin, you're not tuning into the FCS college football slate this springtime. Division two stuff. No. <laughs> it's a close. It's a me clo- neither. Yeah, it's a close one. I mean, like, the thing that's cool about this, like, if I wasn't doing the show today, I would just literally be spending my entire morning watching the Premier League. And Absolutely. Then I, and then I would segue that into, like, doing something for lunch, then maybe hit, like, a quick nap between, like, two and four, and then I'm ready. Then I'm freshed up, ready to go, rock and roll, Super Bowl, Tampa, Chiefs, then I'm good. I got nap time scheduled for about 145, 145 till 3-ish. Yeah, just whenever. You don't you don't even have to like set an alarm. That's like that perfect window where you'll just wake up and be like, what is it, like four? You're like, oh yeah, we're good. We still have an hour and a half. You doing anything wild for the game? You just chilling. Uh looks like pretty low key. Yeah. There's like five or six people I think we're getting together at my buddy's place. Okay. So that seems to be the theme. No more than ten, keeping it low key, immediate family, close friends, yep. Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens, six in sports radio. Uh, big game breakdown. Um, champagne champions. That's what you want to be later tonight. Um, I thought last year's run to the Super Bowl was a little bit um, different than most times that you've seen. Obviously, I think their uh, nickname last year was like the comeback kids. This year, it's been a little bit different. This is why I think it will go the way I think it will go. Is Again, we'll give our predictions in the next segment before we get out of here today. Um, but when you look at what the chiefs did this year, as opposed to last year, which, I mean, I don't think anyone that is a, you know, local diehard big time chiefs fan forgets how they did it last year. Um, and it was always the comeback story, right? It started in, it started with the Houston Texans game. Like, it started with that 51-7 to um, comeback where the stadium ran out of fireworks, where that legacy we talked about with Patrick Mahomes got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, That's where it started. And Houston dancing in the end zone. Deshaun Watson looks untouchable. And then all of a sudden, Bill O'Brien starts the destruction of that Houston franchise by trying to go for it on a punt that gets stuffed by Dan Sorensen, and the momentum shifted so quickly and so one-sided. Um, just go watch that game again if you want to. It's a fun one. Sucks for about the first, like, 10 minutes. But you'll love the way it ends if you haven't seen it. Um, and then they went and played the Titans. They get down 10, and you got to that point where it was like, I don't know, man. It just seems like that's not that much. I think we'll be all right. And you were fair to assume that because of what you'd seen the week before. And you were fair to assume that this was going to be another doomsday because so many people had grown up with it. Chiefs get to this point, lose. Or Chiefs get to this point, and they don't look like themselves. In fact, Andy Reid even had that where he would, you know, Fall apart in the playoffs. That was a fair thing to assume because it had happened before because you hadn't really seen anything different. Now they beat the Texans, and the first thought that comes to those doubters' heads is, well, that was an anomaly. And then they did it against Tennessee. And then all of a sudden, if you really didn't believe, now you were on board. 
to where I think 50% of us watching the Super Bowl when they were down 10. Now, it got a little late for comfort in the Super Bowl. But when they're down 21 to 10 and there's six minutes and 37 seconds left and San Francisco is challenging a play in which you know that Tyree Kill didn't catch it. But meanwhile, the whole time they're plotting Jet Chip Wasp. And then that happens and the rest is history. And they had then came from behind to win another game in the playoffs to make it three games in a row. So then it was division round, come from behind, win. AFC Championship game, come from behind, win. Super Bowl, come from behind, win. To where at that point, you would thought anybody that was ever a doubter had gotten there, you know, their life had been a little bit tormented by John Elway's and Jim Kelly's and losses in the 90s and no punt games in the early 2000s and then the devastating drought. This year, it's been different. This year, it seems like it's been a year of, you know, the point runs. And again, it's something that kind of started in the playoffs again. Now, the last time they played Tampa in week 12, the Chiefs went out on like a 20 to nothing run, 20 to seven or so run. They blistered the defense with Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes. You remember the first quarter, seven targets, seven catches, two touchdowns, 206 yards for Tyree Kill in one quarter, the first quarter. And they got out to such a big lead that they could just kind of sit back, leave some of the more explosive big plays in the playbook. That seems to be the narrative, right? Now this year's playoffs start, and all you can hear people really talking about when it comes to, like, national radio and maybe some local radio is that they're not covering the spread, that they're not winning these games like these, quote-unquote, experts in Vegas predict these games to, you know, have an outcome of. Chiefs are favored by 10, they should do that. Chiefs are favored by 7.5, they win by 3. Chiefs are favored by 8, they win by 6. And then the playoffs start, where a team that is like the Chiefs, a team that is geared up to run three straight championships in a row, they're on their second of the third leg. Probably shouldn't have said it that way. But they're on their second run at three straight championships. My apologies. But the thing about this one is that this year, it seems like it's the start of how much they can get ahead of you. Cleveland, they started the game out on a 19-3 run. Patrick Mahomes leaves the game. It got a little scary for some, but it was enough to get out in front of and a big enough deficit to where Cleveland had to really play perfect in order to come back to win that game, and they didn't. They lost. When you look at Buffalo, the Chiefs went on like a, what, 38-6 to run to win that game? And Buffalo got off to a 9-0 lead, but then the Chiefs went on another run. Couldn't stop it. Couldn't catch up. Broke character. Josh Allen did something we'd never seen him do before. Getting like a hissy fit, throw a football to the defender's face that had nothing to do with anything. Caused an uproar. And now we're in the Super Bowl. 
And this is a game in which if Tampa Bay gets the ball first, it'll be clearly obvious what you'll see the Chiefs move be. So let's say the Chiefs win the toss and they defer, which is what they tend to do mostly all the time. Now, it depends on the situation. Maybe Andy Reid wants to go out there and just really flex really quickly, put up seven, set the tone. To me, that doesn't give you a big enough advantage. To me, the biggest advantage the Chiefs can have is when they defer, the team goes down on their 8-12 to scripted play drive, score a touchdown the way they want to do it, Everything works well. It's seven, five to seven minutes, and they score. And then the Chiefs come out, and it's bang, 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 touchdown. And the opposing team then has, like, the scratching of the head going, well, crap. All right. What do we do now? And the best way to think about this is if you've ever been a dart player, if you miss a spot or you leave an open book for the next guy in the game of cricket, you're at such a disadvantage if the other guy is a marksman. Because now not scoring any points and allowing them to get off into a lead to where now you have to play catch-up plus play perfect, that recipe never works well for teams against the Chiefs, which is why the Chiefs are able to go on these runs time in and time out. The other thing, too, that adds to this Chiefs theme is that they've now done this before. And I watched the Super Bowl from last year. I'm not going to lie here and say to you that Patrick Mahomes looked like he was ready to play that game at the full 100% Patrick Mahomes level. It looked like he was nervous. Passes were underthrown, overthrown, off target. It didn't look like the Patrick Mahomes that we had seen all the time in that year or in the previous year. Now, granted, at one point his knee was in the side of his leg that year, so that's a different story this year. Now there's some reports that He'll most likely need surgery on his foot after the season to fix turf toe. Nothing to get super upset about. But this is a year in which now it seems like the Chiefs are comfortable in their own skin. They turn it on when they need to turn it on. And when they do, they get out to such a lead that you then have to play your best game plus take advantage. And if there's one thing we know from Patrick Mahomes' numbers this year, he doesn't turn the football over very often. He did against Miami in a game that seemed a little odd. But this is at that point where the Chiefs seem to be a little bit more polished, where they seem to be a little bit more focused. And if they get out to a big run against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they'll do exactly what I think they do. They'll live up to my prediction, which I and Grant will give you next as we get you ready, set up for the Super Bowl and the Chiefs Radio Network right after this. almost that time that time for us to hit the road can't wait heading home in a blizzard super excited be careful out there it's uh national weather service at kansas city 12 45 p.m light to moderate bands of snow will continue remain possible across the region additional snowfall expected to range from a dusting to an inch to many of an additional one to two inches in central and northern Missouri throughout the afternoon and evening hours. Remember, there's people out there that can get you where you need to go. It's what they do. Just be respectful to them. Or just drive safe. Um, And don't be 
Don't be an idiot. That's all I can say. I trust everyone's judgment. This is the big game of uh, the Chiefs and uh, should be a fun one tonight. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill, Scotty Miller. I just really hope that happens. I really hope that after the game, Tyree Kill hopefully listened to the Run It Back show with myself and Pete Sweeney because I said several times, I said, I hope that at the end of the game, Tyree Kill just heads towards the goal line and gets in like a three-point stance or gets in like a track stance. And all the media comes over there. Not all of it, because most of it will be with Andy Reid and Mahomes if they if they win. If if they win. And they all run over to Tyreek Hill and they're like, what are you doing? And he just looks and is just like, just waiting on Scotty Miller. He said he was faster than me. I thought thought he'd come out here and, and do it. Because that's kind of what we talked about on um the run it back show with myself and Pete Sweeney Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. We'll be back Monday morning. Um, and ready to go. But the thing about this is that this seems kind of like a prize fight. That's kind of the theme that we were giving to the people this week, every morning, because when you think about this matchup, to me, the Chiefs are the better team. The talent is more on the other side of it than it is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, Mike Evans is phenomenal as a receiver. Chris Godwin is going to be one of the most sought-after free agent receivers in the game. I guarantee it. I don't know if Tampa Bay brings him back because Tampa's not built like the Chiefs are built. Tampa's built to win now or next year, and that's it. Chris Godwin, do you lock that guy up? with not knowing where you go a quarterback for the next couple of years, other than Tom Brady, who is aging quickly. He'll be 44 next year. Now I get it. He's in the Super Bowl at 43. But a team that has Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, free agent. Tampa not necessarily built for a two for a three to four, five year run. This is a Chiefs team that is built for that. This is a Chiefs team that is built for a three, four-year run dynasty. Again, they're playing for their second championship in two years, looking to play for a third championship next year. So the Chiefs seem, to me, the obvious better side, built for it. Kelsey's better than Gronk to me at this point in their careers. Tyreek Hill's better than Mike Evans at this point in their careers. And Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady at this point in their careers. Obviously, 43-25. But this is a game in which if the Chiefs win, so much more is then presented. Legacy of Mahomes, the second straight championship, on their way to a third straight championship. You win three in a row, you're in rare fields. You're then coined as one of the best teams in the history of the NFL. You're then the next dynasty. You're up there with the Cowboys. You're up there with the Niners. You're up there with the Patriots. And now it's the Chiefs. This is the 55th Super Bowl. There's really like three 
great dynasties. There's been great teams. There's been great two-year stretches. Denver had one. Now the Chiefs are into one. And this is Brady versus Mahomes. This is at the biggest stage of the NFL. This is the biggest sporting event in the nation. For sure. Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday that is just given to everybody that's not an actual holiday. There's a lot of people that, personally, if I ran for mayor, I wouldn't make you work tomorrow if your team is in the Super Bowl. That would be my rule in Kansas City. So, Mayor Lucas, if you're tuned in from Tampa Bay, maybe think about that. Or give us a late start. Must be nice for those of you that have that tomorrow. No late start for me. I'll be here 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. for the Run It Back show with Pete Sweeney. Um, When it comes to Chiefs coverage, remember, this show leads you up to 1 o'clock. Then I'm out. Then it's freezing cold with my crew for a couple hours. Hugh and crew outside in, granted, still seven degrees. It's been seven degrees since we started this show. You love to see it, I guess. You don't, actually. It sucks. But you think about this game. You think about everything that goes into this game. This is the first time in NFL history where the home team has hosted the Super Bowl. Now, again, no cannons. Tampa Bay's upset about not letting be able to use the cannons. It's probably a good thing because when the Chiefs played the Texans in the AFC divisional game, Arrowhead ran out of fireworks. If they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the way that I think they're going to play the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay wouldn't have any cannons to fire for themselves because the Chiefs would use them all. And that's where I get to this game. We've gotten predictions from everybody. We've gotten predictions from every most of the hosts that are on this show. I read those for you now before I give you mine. Fesco, 38-2. Seems like an odd score. It's because he's had that as his score the entire year. Cody Tapp says it's going to be 34-24 to Chiefs. Josh Klingler, who is there, who can reassure you that it is sunny and 70. No rain, no storms. It's nice in Tampa. Sideline reporter for the Chiefs joined the show earlier. 35-24 Chiefs. Carrington Harrison, 35-24 Chiefs. Pete Sweeney, my great friend who I send audio text messages to. I only do that with two people. Pete Sweeney and my girlfriend. That's a fact. That's how close Pete and I are. I trust his prediction. 37-27 Chiefs. Rob Brenton, producer of the drive, who picked Buffalo last week, then became a believer again this week. 34-21 Chiefs. Grant Nicholson, what's your prediction? I got Chiefs 41-22 gets weird at the end. 41-22? Oh, 41-22. 41-22, it gets weird at the end. Chiefs from Grant. Myself, 38-20. I've told many people that the entire week. They'd say, what's your prediction for the game? 38-20. According to VividSeats.com, There'll be 78% of the fans there rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 22% rooting for the Chiefs. According to Vivid Seats, I believe it. They've got a pretty good source. So no matter how you want to look at it, everybody here is picking the Chiefs. It seems like, once again, we have one of these negative outlooks from the outside looking in. More fans adds a chip on your shoulder. 
Some people want to see Tom Brady do it one more time as a chip on your shoulder. Last night, Patrick Mahomes only getting two of the 50 votes for MVP, chip on the shoulder. And I'm telling you, when he mocks the haters, the ones that said, don't let him fool you with his old man jog that he does, which he does kind of look like an injured chicken sometimes when he runs, or an old man running to the sidelines. When he does that and then counts again to two or three, it's going to be pretty funny when he mocks them again. 38-20 is what I think the score will be. I think that Tampa Bay can kind of keep it close at the beginning, but then again, I think the Chiefs go on one of those runs again. They did it against Buffalo. They did it against Cleveland. They would have gone on a bigger run against Cleveland if Mahomes wouldn't have gotten taken out of the game. But they went on that game with a 19-3 run. Against Buffalo, they started the game off a little slow, down 9-0. And then they went on like a 36-6 run. Tampa Bay, you might score a couple touchdowns earlier. It might be 17-14. But then you just got to watch out because then the Chiefs strike. That's why they get compared to the Golden State Warriors. You look up and all of a sudden you're down by 20. Thanks to everybody that called in. I hope everybody's safe out there. Stay warm. It's seven degrees. Get hyped up, though, man. It's run it back season. It's the Chiefs. It's the Bucks. It's Brady. It's Mahomes. It's Gronk. It's Kelsey. There's tons of sexiness in this game. I'm ready for it. I hope you're ready for it. Thanks for listening today. Chiefs 38, Bucks 20. Thanks to Grant. Thanks to everybody that joined the show. I'm Dusty Likens here on 610 Sports Radio. Be easy, Kansas City, and stay warm. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.